This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Thank you, everybody, for coming. It's really an honor to host Rabbi Daniel Glastein. I remember the first time I heard Rabbi Glastein. I was on a Kivrei Tzadikin tour in Europe. And I went on Torah Anytime to see if there's any hachana preparation I could do before going to each kever. And it was amazing enough that the Glastein goes through each kever. And I think while you're at the kvarim, you were speaking about each tzaddik, stories, Torahs of each one. And that was the first time I was introduced to the breadth of knowledge that Glastein brings to Shurim. History and stories and Torah, it's really amazing. And it's really an honor to have Rabbi Glastein here, especially speaking about this subject that's on everyone's mind, the times of Mashiach. And I'm very excited to see what Rabbi Glastein has to teach us tonight. So without further ado, Rabbi Glastein. Okay, good evening everyone. Thank you so much for hosting me. It's a real honor and pleasure to be here. I was here about two years ago, and it's a real honor to be here again. Of course, the subject on everybody's mind is the events, are the events that are transpiring before our eyes. And we hope it's more than wishful thinking. We hope that actually we're close to the finish line. We hope that what's taking place is, you know, the final leg before the great day that we're all hoping and yearning for. And I think it's important to get a historical context. What exactly is the role of Yishmael in the destiny of the Jewish people, in world history? Where do they fit in? Because we know we have a tradition, and this is something discussed in the Medrash Rabbah, particularly in Sefer Bereshis, that the Medrash tells us there are four Goliaths, there are four exiles. Practically every time the number four appears in Bereshis, whether it's the four rivers in Gan Eden, whether it's the four languages of darkness, whether it's the four languages of darkness in the Brisbane Havasarim, probably about a half a dozen times in Sefer Bereshis we encounter the number four every time the Medrash Rabbah says, Four Goliaths, Bavel, Babylon, Parasmadai, Persia, and of course the media is the biggest Goliath of all. And then we have Yavan, and then we have Raimi, Edom. And Yishmael never makes the list. Yishmael is not on the list. What role does Yishmael play? So I want to start off today's shir just by mentioning two Gemaras and how the Maharal understands it, and that will just be by way of introduction. We have two Gemaras and Shas that tell us that in the end of days there will only be two nations standing. It doesn't mean two nations, it means two world superpowers. The Gemara Navadizara, Andaf Beis, the Gemara says in the end of days, Rabbi Shalom is going to take a Sefer Torah, he's going to say, anyone who learned this, come get your reward, and all the nations are going to clamor, and the Gemara says that Hashem says, no, order, please, order, please, let's, let's do this in an organized fashion. And the Gemara says the first nation to walk in is the most chashev of all, and that is Edoim, Roim, Roimi. And then the Gemara says the next nation that comes in is Paras, Persia. 
And then Gemara asks, why Davka these nations? Nations says Gemara because they're chashav. Ask the Gemara, why are they chashav? Because these are the only two powers that will last until Mashiach comes. Which is difficult to understand. There will only be two world powers when Mashiach comes. Roimi. Now what's Roimi? The Roman Empire? Roman Empire is long gone. The Roman Empire crumbled uh, more than a, well over uh, 1,500 years ago. We mean the Roman Empire. So it's generally understood that's the Western world, the United States of America. They're the spiritual heirs of what, what's called Judeo-Christian value. America, USA, USA. And what's Paras? The Persian Empire? Persian Empire is long gone. If you, by the way, if you want to see a remnant of the Persian Empire, you could go to the British Museum and they have a coffee mug of a Persian who drank hot cocoa 2,000 years ago, but you don't have the cup, you just have the handle. That's what's left of the Persian Empire today. So what does the Gemara mean? In the end of days, there will be two nations standing, Roimi and Paras. The Gemara doesn't say, so people would like to think it's Iran. Iran will be the other world power. It's hard to say that Paras refers to Iran. Are Iranians today in any way ethnically, culturally, genetically descendants of the original Persian Empire? No, they're not. Not at all. You could do your own research. That's one Gemara. There's another Gemara in Yuma. The Gemara asks, in the end of days, who will beat who? The Gemara says there will be two nations standing, Roimi and Paras. Who will beat who? The Gemara brings two opinions. Rabbi, Rabbi Yochanan, holds Paras will beat Roimi. Now, if you're an American, that, will, that, does, not, that, that does not make you feel too comfortable. The opinion of Rabbi and Rabbi Yochanan is that Paras defeats Roimi. Now, that's not a comforting thought. I didn't come here from New York to make you comfortable. That's not my job. I'm here to report the facts. That's what the Gemara says. And then the Gemara brings the opinion of Rav that Paras will fall to Roimi. Okay. But again, there will only be two nations standing, Paras and Roimi. So back to the original question. Why is Yishmael not on the list of the four Goliaths? The Maral gives two answers. I'm just going to tell you his second answer because this second answer is the answer the Maral says, which is the definitive answer. Says the Maharal, Yishmael is one of the four Galosim. Which one? Galos Paras. Ask the Maral, but the Persian Empire fell and Yishmael is a different um, ethnicity. Says the Maral, the Galosim are not ethnicities. They're character traits. And the Persians and the Yishmaelim have the same character traits. What are they? The Gemara Navadizar says, Paras waged many wars, conquered many cities. This is the defining nature of Yishmael. According to Maral then, in the end of days there will be two powers standing. The Western world and Yishmael, which is exactly what we see. And who will beat who? It's we wish both sides Hatzlacha Rabba Meruba. Who will beat who? The Gemara says, Tzamachlekes. Rab says, Roimi will beat Paras. Rabbi and Rabbi Yochanan say 
that Paras will beat Raimi. So in the end of days, we have these two nations standing, and one thing which is very interesting is, is there a psak of who the last nation standing will be? The Gemara brings it to Machlokes. Without getting into this, but just, you know, just throwing out there, Rab Chaim Kenievsky says definitively, Yishma is the last nation standing. And one of the proofs he brings is the Balaturim at the end of this week's parsha, beginning of next week's parsha. The parsha ends, Al-Pnei Kol Echav Nafal. Talks about the family of Yishmal. It says, he will fall upon the face of all of his brethren. And then the next parsha begins, V'Ele Toldois Yitzchak. Says the Balaturim, when Yishmael falls in the end of days, Oz Yitzmach ben David. Look at the opening Balatur in Parshas Taldai. Says Reb Chaim, from here we see, the conclusion is like, Rebbe and Rabbi Yochanan, Yishmael is the last man standing, whereupon Mashiach comes. And Reb Chaim has other proofs to this as well. In that context then, I would like to present to you what I think is an original understanding of Akedah Yitzchak. What its relevance is to us today. And some insight in how we overcome Yishmael in the end of days. I hope that after you hear this presentation, you say that I did not give any new insight. This is the clear and simple way of understanding the Akedah, but I do think there's something very novel over here. Let's start with the beginning. So the obvious question is, if you were to be asked, who's being tested over here? Abraham or Yitzchak? Abraham is shechting his son, but Yitzchak's the one who is going to have his throat slit. So who would you write as being tested? If you could only have, if you would have to write about one of them, Shouldn't it say Kim Nisa es Yitzchak? Or at least Kim Nisa es Abraham Vyas Yitzchak? Why Davka Kim Nisa es Abraham? This is the question of the Bali Hatoisvis, who brings the question in the name of Rabbi Huda Hachasid. Then the Rebunder Shalom comes to Abraham. He says, Kachna es Bincha es Yechidcha, Sharahavta, take your son. And famously, we know Rashi said, Abraham said, I have more than one son. Your only son. They're both my only son. The one you love. I love both of them. Yitzchak. So Rashi's bothered. So just say it straight. What do we, what's all this extra verbiage over here? You know, every word of the Torah is so precise. Halachas of major significance are learned out from extra letters. Why does it this whole lengthy Kachnas binchas yechid So Rashi says that Hashem had to bring it on slowly. Otherwise you might say that... Avraham did it because he was startled, he was shocked. So Hashem wanted to demonstrate Avraham Avinu, it was led on very slowly and he did it anyway. But perhaps you could ask, if the only reason why Hashem said it this way is to bring it on slowly, I'm not a psychologist, but I could, I could imagine there are many tools of bringing on a traumatic news slowly. Hashem could say, maybe sit down, take a deep breath, do some breathing exercises, I have something I want to tell you. Does a dafka have to be, take your son, as if that's not traumatic enough? 
That's not traumatic. Take yourself, don't worry. I'm not bothered because I have more, I have an extra one to spare. Okay. Something to think about. Here's the question of the century. You ready for this? So Avram Avinu takes a Shnei of his two lads. What, what do you mean his two lads? Who else is he taking besides, Yishma, uh, besides Yitzchak? So we know he took Eliezer. And Rashi says he took Yishmael. And we sort of take it for granted. Yishmael came to the Akedah. Right? Since we're little, we, we know, we learned, Yishmael's at the Akedah. Can I ask you one simple question? What in the world is Yishmael doing at the Akedah? He didn't live in the house anymore. In Parshas Lech Lecha, Sarah saw Yishmael was Metzachik, Ritzicha, Avoidazara. And Sarah comes to Avraham, Vatera says, Ben Hagar Mitzvah, Metzachik, Vatoymel Avraham, Goresh, Ben Hagar get him out of here. Throw him out. Don't send him to like a special yeshiva, a special program. Don't get him a tutor. Don't, don't slide with him. Kick him out of the house. Get him out of the house. And the Pasuk says, he left. Where did he go? He went to Midbar Paran. And he married an Egyptian woman. And we don't hear from him again. And all of a sudden at the Akedah, Yishmael came back. What's he doing there? Didn't Sarah throw him out of the house? How did he get back? Why doesn't the Torah say he came back? Isn't that unusual? Sarah just kicked him out of the house and Avram didn't want to. And Hashem said, listen to the lady. Whatever Sarah says, Shema B'Kaila. So Avram throws him out and gives him a little water and we don't hear from him again. And he's at the Akedah? How did he come to the Akedah? It's been 30-something years since anybody has ever heard from Yishmael. What's he doing at the Akedah? Toysus asks this question. And Toysus says, you have to say, he came back that night. I guess it was visiting day or something. He came back. But this would answer another uh, question you can ask. You know, when Hashem said, Kachna as bincha, why did Avraham think it was Yishmael? Did Avraham really think it was Yishmael? If Hashem wants a carbon oila, and you have a choice between the oila tamima Yitzchak and a pere adam Yishmael, why would God want Yishmael as the carbon? This wasn't a punishment, this was a carbon, a carbon oila. Did Avraham really think God wanted Yishmael? But it's interesting, according to this Taisus, we can understand. Avram's thinking to himself, you know, for the last 30 years, the Almighty never came to me and said, I want your son as a carbon. Avram says, you know, maybe that's because Yishmael wasn't in the house. But if he came back last night, and that day, the Rebbe Shom says, Kachna es bincha, es yechidcha, asher ahavta. So Avram says, I guess it's Yishmael. If he wanted Yitzchak, what happened the last 30 years? Why would he come to me now? And I should say, no, he's not the one I want. So then we have to think that if Hashem didn't want Yishmael, but he had to have wanted Yishmael to be there. 
Because if he didn't need Yishmael to be there, he could have asked for this Nisayan any time in the previous 30 years. It must be the Hashgacha arranged. Dafka Yishmael should be there. And Hashem should say, Kachna es bincha. And Avram should say, Yishmael. And Avram's going to say, no. And Hashem says, no. Wrong kid. I want Yitzchak. I don't want Yishmael. Another, another point. <clears throat> Avram says to the, to the lad, stay with the donkey. So there's a famous Gemara, uh, Drasha in the Gemara in Kedushin. Am hadoy melechamar. That a kid born from a maidservant has a halachic status of a chamar. It's not related to you. In other words, the Gemara Darshan's Yishmael has a halachic status of a chamar. The Beis Halevi asks, you know, there are many junctures in the Torah that the Torah could choose to teach that a child from a shivcha is not your child. Why dafka in middle of the Akedah, do we need to learn this halachic point that the child from a shivcha is not your child? So I would humbly assert that a very important clue here is found in one word at the end of the Akedah. So the Malach comes to Avraham, if you look at number 9, Kivare Chavarechacha, Vaharba Arba Zaracha, Kachoyf Bayashamayim, Bechachola, Shaosfas Hayam, Vihirash Zaracha, Eshar Oivav. Avraham, your descendants, your children, will inherit the gates of their Oyevim, of their enemy. The word Oyev is a very specific word. There are two ways to say enemy in Lashon HaKaydash. There's a Soine, and there's an Oyev. And traditionally, we have two types of enemies. We have Esav and we have Yishma'el. Which one is the Oyev? Which one is the Soine? There are different views in the Rishayim. Rabbeinu B'chayi says, The Soine is Esav. Halacha biyadua. What? Esav, Soine liyakov. Not Halacha l'moshem Sinai. Some people say, Halacha l'moshem Sinai. Tefillin are black, Halacha l'moshem Sinai. Halacha biyadua means it's a fact of life. Halacha biyodua. It's the reality of the world. Esav soyne liyakov. But the oyev, says Rabbeinu B'chayi, an oyev is worse than a soyne. A soyne is out for the jugular, but he might have rachamim. Says Rabbeinu B'chayi, Yishmal is an oyev. Lo yasim lo rachamim. Yesh beliboy eva oylamis. And when you see some of the footage of the hostages that were taken... Rabbeinu B'chayi's words are very haunting. They have no rachamim even on the elders. They could capture a guy who survived Eichmann, can't survive Yishmael. Oyev miloshen oyev avoy says Rabbeinu B'chayi. This is what Rabbeinu B'chayi interprets the Pasuk in Yitzavim. V'nasan Hashem alikecha eskala aloi so'ela al oyevecha v'yal so'inecha Yishmael Esav. In that case, the Malach is telling Avraham that through the act of the Akedah, your descendants will inherit Shar Oyevav. In other words, we will ascend and triumph over Yishmael through the Akedah. It must be then that the Akedah, aside from the great test for Avraham Avinu, 
was the way with which Klal Yisrael ascends and triumphs over Yishmael. So let's try to, let's study this a little bit, because I think it will become very clear. Rashi says in the words, Achar Hadvar after these matters, Vahalekim Nisas Avraham. Rashi says, after what matters? What's the juxtaposition of the Akedah to what was discussed before? So Rashi says, Achar Hadvar after a conversation between Yitzchak and Yishmael. Yishmael says to Yitzchak, Yitzchak, you think you're an Oyveda like him? You think you're the spiritual heir of your father? Why? Because you have Mila at 8 days old? I had Mila at 13 years old. For me it's greater Mesiras Nefesh. What do we see from here? That there was a competition taking place. They were both vying to be considered the continuity, the spiritual heirs of Avraham Avinu. What does Yitzchak say back to Yishmael? If the Almighty would tell me to be sacrificed, I would do it now. I would sacrifice my whole body. I would assert. That's why it doesn't say about like him, Nisas Yitzchak. Imagine a guy gets up and he says, he makes a nether. I take a nether. In the next five years, I'm going to learn Bavli and Yushami. So do you say this guy has a Nisayan that he's to learn Bavli and Yushami? No. He took a nether to learn Bavli and Yushami. He, he committed himself. Not Nisayan. God's not testing him. He's testing himself. So you can't say, like Kim Nisas Yitzchak. Yitzchak was Mavtiach. He gave his word. He said, if the Almighty would tell me to be shechted, I would do it. So it's not really Kim Nisas Yitzchak. Yitzchak committed to it. Avram never committed to it. It's only Kim Nisas Avram. But it's Yitzchak Nisas Yitzchak. But what we see is that at the Akedah, when the Rebbein Shalom is telling Yitzchak, or through Avraham, to Shech Yitzchak, it was a way of Yitzchak demonstrating his superiority, his rights to the continuity of Avraham, his connection to Eretz Yisrael, and that Yishmael is not a rightful heir. You see, previously, Sarah tells Avraham, get this kid out of the house. Did Avraham want to get the kid out of the house? No. Avraham loved Yishmael. It hurt him. He wanted Yishmael. He davened for Yishmael. He said, Lu Yishmael You know that the Zayar says that we have a taina on Avraham for offering that tefillah? We say, Avraham lo yida'anu. Why didn't you daven for us like you daven for Yishmael? So Hashem tells Avraham, Avraham, listen to Sarah. I have a question. Would you say that Avraham wholeheartedly threw Yishmael out of the house with full understanding? Or what could he do? The Rebbein Shalom said, I got to listen to her. Is it possible that in Avraham's mind it wasn't permanent? Is it possible he still had hopes, he still had aspirations that in fact, Lu Yishmael Well, just because his wife said, throw him out, Everything your wife tells you you do, you do believe shalom, you do it. When she tells you to throw out the garbage, so you throw out the garbage, you do it, mamish believe shalom, you do it, but not everybody. Hashem was teaching Abraham, Kachna is bincha. So Abraham says, I have two banim. Hashem says, You don't. Kachna is yichidcha. They're both Yechidim. 
No, no, no. Asher Ahav, love both of them. Yitzchak. In other words, Rebbe Hashem saying, I want you to establish that your bincha, your yechidcha, your ahavta is only Yitzchak. And Avram says, what about Yishmael? Hashem says, I'm going to show you in a minute. The Medrash says, they get to the mountain. Vayaras hamakoy meirachayik. Avraham sees the Shechina and the Har. He turns to Yitzchak, the Medrash says. Yitzchak, you see the Shechina? Yitzchak says, affirmative. He turns to Yishmael, says, you see the Shechina? Yishmael says, see what? Avraham says, really? You don't even see the Kedusha, the Harabayas? Shavu lachem im hachamar. You and the Hamar share something in common. Neither of you have any appreciation for the Harabayas. You can't help but think that the, the challenge of the Akedah was Hashem was demonstrating to Avraham, to Yitzchak, to Kal Yisrael, who is the spiritual heir of Avraham, who has rights to Eretz Yisrael. That the only Bincha, the only Yechidcha, the only Ahavta is Yitzchak. And what's Yishmael vis-a-vis the Harabayas? He's a chamar that's grazing over there. That's his connection to the Harabayas. In fact, Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky in the Emes Yaakov is troubled that according to the other pshat in Rashi, Rashi brings, brings the pshat, that what's Achar Hadvarim Ho'ela? He says after a conversation that the Satan had with HaKadosh Baruch he says, Satan, you know, Avram just made a big party and from all the Karbanais, and from all the, from the whole party, he didn't offer you anything. And Hashem said, no, he would even be makrif, his son as a Karban. So says Rabbi Yaakov, according to that Pshad and Rashi, it's mamish acher hadvarim ha'ila. But he asks, but according to the other Pshad, that it's a conversation between Yitzchak and Yishmael, and Yishmael said, I have bris at 13, and Yitzchak said, I would offer my whole body as a sacrifice, then what's the episode of the peace treaty between Avraham Avinu and Avimelech doing there in between the conversation of Yitzchak and Yishmael and the actual Akedah? It's not Achar Hadvar Ma'ila. By the way, I must say, just it's worthwhile to see the Rashbam on the words Achar Hadvar Ma'ila, Dvarim Ayumim, frightening words. The Rashbam learns that the word Nisa does not mean a test. Nisa is milasha in masa umeriva. Hashem was chepping Abraham. He was instig. He was he was bothering him. Why? Says Rebbeinu Shalom, I gave you Eretz Yisrael to live there. I gave it to you to keep. I said to you, there are certain rules of the land. There are certain mitzvahs. You're making a peace treaty in the Gaza. I didn't give you the Gaza to make a peace treaty. Go kill your son now. I don't give you Eretz Yisrael to make peace treaties. You make peace in the Holy Land? I'm taking away your children. It's Rashbam. No editorial comments. Nothing added. Look at the words of the Rashbam. Rashbam says, Hashem did not authorize the Jewish people to make treaties in Eretz Yisrael. What are the repercussions? The repercussions are the most severe that Hashem offers. Rashbam. Rashbam held that his perush is even more pshat than Rashi. 
Okay, but Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky wants to know what's the, what's the interruption between the episode of Avraham and Avimelech and the conversation of Yitzhak and Ishmael. Says Rabbi Yaakov something uh, also awesome. He says, what's Yishmael's right to Eretz Yisrael? He quotes the Zayar that Yishmael's connection to Eretz Yisrael is through the schus of bris milah. It's a pretty uh, powerful schus. They do bris milah at 13 years old. He says, Rabbi Yaakov, you, got, you might get really worried now. You might think, Yishmael has bris milah, then they're going to hold on to Eretz Yisrael forever. So before the Akedah, the Torah just wants you to know one thing. There's somebody, there are people called Plishtim, Philistine, Palestinians. What do we know about the Plishtim? Every single time in Tanakh, Plishtim are mentioned, they're always called Arelim, 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 every single time. They are the quintessential uncircumcised individuals. So you might ask, says Rabbi Yaakov, so what are they doing in Eretz Yisrael? They're there to show that you don't really need bris milah, and don't worry that Yishmael has bris because they're even pushed in there and they're the quintessential Arelim. So don't worry about Yishmael, says Rabbi Yaakov. Okay, now we're ready for the Akedah. That's how he understands the connection between the episode of Avraham and Avimelech and then the subsequent Akedah Yitzchak. You know, isn't it interesting that the Neitzrim, they accept the entire Old Testament. They accept the story of the Akedah. They don't tamper with any of the stories in the Old Testament. They are fine that Abraham Avinu was, ma- was Ma'ale Yitzchak Avinu at the Akedah. It doesn't bother them. But the Yishma'elim, they changed the, the narrative. According to their narrative, it is key that Avraham Avinu takes Yishmael at the Akedah. Why do you think it's so important for them to change this narrative? Because the entire purpose of the Akedah is sort of the Makkah of Sarah said, throw him out of the house. And the Rebbe Shalom says, but now Hashem is showing Avraham what is Yishmael's connection to Harabayis and the Holy Land. You know what it is? Shavu lachem payim achamar. Yitzchak shows Yishmael, you might have Mila at 13, but we live with Mesiras Nefesh. Kol I can't help but think that aside from the fact that the Akedah was a test for Avraham, but from the perspective of Yitzchak Avinu, our ascendancy over Yishmael is through the story of the Akedah. And therefore the Akedah concludes, V'yirash saracha es shar oyevav. This is not about Esav, this is about Yishmael. In Parshas Chayi Sarah, what do Lovin and Besuel give a bracha to Rivka? Achoyseinu! Ad hayi la'alfei rivava v'yirash Zaracha es shar soinav. We're done with Yishma. They knew Yishma's out, but they knew she was going to have a esav. So they're giving her a bracha that Yaakov Avinu should overpower esav. But now we're in the realm of Yitzchak and Yishma. 
The Yirash Zaracha is Shar Oyevav. Fasten your seatbelts. I want to share with you one more segment over here. We all know we suffer from Yishmael until today. Why? What did we do? There's a very frightening Ramban. The Ramban says, Sarah is married to Avraham Avinu for a very long time. She couldn't conceive. So Sarah Imenu says to Avraham, Avraham, you know what? Why don't you take Hagar? Maybe uh, in the zchus of me bringing the tsara into the house, maybe you'll have a kid from her, Ulai Mena. So Hagar marries Avraham. And she conceived immediately. Mibia and then if you want to know where the hypocrisy of Yishmael comes from, she turns around and she says to Sarah, Ah, eh, you're a faker. You're not a tzaddikas. I'm the real tzaddikas. See, you're with the guy for, for decades and decades. You couldn't conceive it. And I was in the Samaribia Rishayna. So I'm the righteous one, right? Sound familiar, this type of rhetoric? So the Torah says, that Sarah was insulted by Hagar. Vayavoy el Hagar vatahar vatera kiharasa vatekal geverta beina. She looked down at Hagar. So what does Sarah do to her? Vateaneho Sarai. Sarah afflicts Hagar. You know what the Ramban says? Chata imenu beinoi hazeh. Our matriarch sinned. Can you imagine such a thing? If not for the Ramban. Who could even, who could say such a thing? The Mepharshim wonder, where did the Ramban get this from? To say Sarah sinned? He says, and Avraham also sinned, that Avraham let Sarah afflict Hagar. And therefore, Kishama Hashem el Onyech, the Malk tells Hagar, don't worry, you're going to have a kid. God heard your affliction. He's going to be a para Adam. Says Rabban, Venasan la ben sheyehe para Adam, La nois zera Avraham vesara bechol mine ho'inoi. Every chasujam, every loyalenu, every besura that we hear from Eretz Yisrael, why? Sarah afflicted Hagar. That alone is like uh, stirring. But many Rishonim don't agree with the Ramban. Many Rishonim say that Sarah did the right thing. So the Rishonim say, isn't it, isn't it Nakama? Because says the Riva, the Riva is one of the Baliatoisis, the Abarbanel, the Abarbanel says the Ramban is not correct. Hagar started. Hagar looked down on Sarah. She afflicted Sarah. And it's not considered nakama if someone afflicts you to afflict them back. Do we pass in that way? I believe in the Sefer Chafetz Chaim, he brings it to Machlaikas Rishayim. He says nakama is if someone hurts you financially to hurt them back. But if someone insults you, could you insult them back? It's a Machlaikas Rishayim. The Chafetz Chaim, I believe, says, Safek de Ayraisa Lechumra. But it's not clear that if someone hurts your feelings, you can't take revenge. And I'm not here to tell you you should. 
because I think the Chavetz Chaim says you have to be very wary. But I am here to tell you that there are very important Rishonim that say it is permitted. It's the opinion of the Smag, it's the opinion of Toysis, it's the opinion of the Barbanel, that Sarah did the right thing in afflicting Hagar, because she started. Now one of my personal favorite, G'day Yisrael, is Rechida, Reb Chaim Yosef David Azulay. He was one of the most colorful, interesting achroinim. He has svarim on such a wide range of topics. He also had a photographic memory, and he traveled throughout Europe to all the well-known libraries, Bodley and Oxford, and he memorized manuscripts of Rishonim. So, for example, there are comments of the Me'iri that we did not know about until they discovered the Me'iri in, this, in the 20th century, other than the Chida who preserved it by memory. One of the Rishonim that the Chida saw in one of the libraries is the Talmud of the Rashba. His name is Rabbi Yaakov Sakili. In, in recently, if I'm not mistaken, Rabbi Yaakov Sakili wrote a sefer, Mincha Belula. And I believe it was published in the 21st century, but the Chida already saw it a few hundred years ago. Rabbi Yaakov Sakili, quoted in the Chida, number 22, takes the side of the Rivana Barbanel that afflict Hagar, authorized to afflict Hagar because Hagar started. So Rabbi Yaakov Sakili says, you know, God gives everybody a chance to rectify their wrongdoing. And God even gave Hagar a chance to rectify her wrongdoing by afflicting Sarah. And Rabbi Yaakov Sakili reveals an astounding story. Okay? <laughs> you wouldn't believe such a thing, but you know what's amazing is that Arizal writes the story, but this was already found in Rishonim. That Yishai, at the end of his life, he got nervous. He was afraid, maybe Doyeg was right. Maybe I wasn't allowed to marry into the family. Maybe I'm not a kosher Jew. Maybe because I'm from Rus, I'm from Moyav, I'm not a kosher Jew, and all of my children are disqualified. So Yishai had a great idea. He turns to his wife, the mother, the future mother of Balach. Her name was Nitzavas Basadol. He said, it's been nice knowing you. Have a great day. He separated from his wife. He went to his maidservant, and he said, do me a favor, I'm going to live with you. Our children, don't try this at home, will be shvach, will be avadim. Well, I'll free them, and that will be metaher mamzerim. And one to be metaher mamzerim. So Yishai set a date to rendezvous with the shivcha. The shivcha was faithful to her mistress. So she told the mistress, Yishai's wife, the mistress dresses up like the maidservant. She lives with Yishai. Shortly after, she's expecting a child. Yishai says, from who? She doesn't say a word. The sons of Yishai say, we have to kill Ma. He said, don't do it. When the kid was born, they paskined he was a mamzer. When David was born, they paskined he was a mamzer. That's what it means in Tehillim. Muzar hayisi le'echai. When did they discover the story that David wasn't a mamzer? 
when a man by the name of Shmuel said he's the next king of Israel. They didn't know his entire life until he was anointed David Melech Yisrael. The Arizal writes this in a few places, but this is already found in Rishonim, recorded by the Chida. Says the Chida, why was the mistress, excuse me, why was the maidservant of Yishai faithful to Nitzavas Basadoel? Because she was the Gilgal of Hagar. And God gave Hagar a chance to come back, to rectify not being faithful to Sarah. So she came back to this world, and in time two, second time around, she did it right. This is what the Chida brings from Rabbi Yaakov Sakili, student of the Rashba. The, the, uh, you can read it yourself, don't take my word for it. Number 22. And there are many, many other Makairais. The Moya de Muzmanim actually brings it down from the Arizal in a few of his Mamarim. But this is uh, what the Chida brings down. And I was thinking to myself, you know, once you're coming back, look, I'm not going to bring Hagar back, it's not my job to bring Hagar back, but once, once the Rebbe is bringing her back, I could think of more than one thing she has to come back for. The only thing, the only thing she didn't do in this world is she didn't honor Sarah. What about the fact that she brought into this world the Para Adam, Yishmael, the someone who wreaks havoc, someone who causes so much sar to Klal Yisrael, is that not something perhaps she needs to rectify? So let's come back to where we started from. Here we are. We hope we're close to the finish line. The last two Gullism, Darizal says that Daniel in his vision saw a man. The head was Bavel. The arms were Paras and Madai. The body was Yavon, and the two long legs, Arizal says, in Parshas Kiseitse, were Edaim and Yishmael. So we're hope, we're already by Ikvisa de Meshicha, we're hope we're by the heel already. The Vilna Gain tells us, the Rav was quoting the traditions of the Vilna Gain regarding the coming of Mashiach. The Gra says that Jewish tradition is there are two Mashiachs Mashiach ben Yosef and Mashiach ben David. You ever wonder why in Shemona Esrei we have two brachos about Malchus based David? We have Yerushalayim Mercha and a Semach David. Why, why do we have two different brachos? Arizal says, V'chisei David avdecha meheira l'seicha tachin is a tefillah for Mashiach ben Yosef and kilishuascha kivinu kal hayoim is for Mashiach ben David. What do we need two Mashiachs for? What, a rabbi and assistant rabbi? Is that a good idea? That's what, we, what do we need two Mashiachs for? How about one? One will do the job. What do we need two? The Goyen says, because in the end of the days, there are two exiles. There's Galus Yishmael, and there's Galus Edoim. Galus Edoim, Esau is called a shar, a bull, a par. Mashiach ben Yosef, Yosef is Bechar Shoiroi Hadarlai. Mashiach ben Yosef takes us out of Galus Edoim, the Gra says. But Yishmael is a chamar. Shavu lachem payim a chamar. Mashiach ben David is chamar. Oni v'roichiv al chamar. Mashiach ben David takes us out of Golos Yishmael. Can't help but think that Hagar, 
who brought Yishmael into the world. So not only does she come back, and this time she's faithful to her mistress, but God gave her a chance to bring the antidote to Yishmael into the world. She's the Shadchan between Yishai and his wife to bring into the world the Oni v'roichev al-chamar to be Mesakein the Shvulachem Poyim ha-chamar. But I think this opens up for us a new understanding of Akedas Yitzchak. That the Akedah was not just a personal Nesayan for Avram Avinu. There's more than, than meets the eye. The Rebbe Shalom orchestrated that in 30 years Yishmael was not in the house because, you know, if somebody says, goes to the store and he orders chocolate ice cream, does that mean he likes chocolate better than vanilla? It only means he likes chocolate better than vanilla if the store also has vanilla. But if there's no vanilla in the store and he orders chocolate, well, that's the only thing they're serving. The fact that Avraham and the Rebbe Shalom wants Yitzchak, does that mean Yitzchak is the only heir of Avraham Avinu? Doesn't mean anything if Yishmael is out to pasture in Midbar Paran. So Rebbe Shalom brings Yishmael back to the house for a night. And he says, Avraham, you know who Bincha is? You know who Yechidcha is? You know who Ahavta is? It's only Yitzchak. And what about Yishmael? Yishmael, ask him what he sees on the Harabayas. Say, Yishmael, you see the Shekhinah? Say, huh? What? Now you know what Yishmael is. Yishmael is, Shavula Chempayim HaChamar. If there's ever a time in history where we need to battle Yishmael, it's Akedas Yitzchak that we invoke and we have to evoke. You know, the Shlach Kadosh writes that everybody has in their life challenges that are difficult for them. Some people have a difficult time focusing their mind by tefillah. Some people have a hard time getting up early in the morning. Some people have a hard time applying themselves and learning. There, everybody has particular challenges. The Shloss says, Akedas Yitzchak is a challenge to every single Jew. What areas in my life can I summon up more Mesiras Nefesh to be able to tap into the Zchus of the Akedah? The Shloss says, the challenges in your life, in your areas of Avedas Hashem, is your Akedas Yitzchak. And at a time in history where we know the enemy at hand is Yishmael, this is the Zuchus that we need to try to tap into. We need to evoke, we need to invoke. And whatever area in our life we could identify is our Akedah, that's our personal offering and our personal contribution to be able to overcome Yishmael in our times. And let's remember the opening Balaturim in Parsha's Todais. That our Parsha ends, Al Pnei Kol Echav Nafal, that with the fall of Yishmael will come, Ve'elet Todais Yitzchak, Be'ezus Hashem, the Tzmicha, of David HaMelech, of the Mashiach Ben David, Sheyavai Ben Hervi Amen. Amen. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.